I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Daily. It's me in the hot seat today, Spike Dudley, I believe, as I've been named when I host shows with SB3. Here with the man himself, uh, Mr. Devon Dudley. SB3, how you doing, man? Oh, my brother, testify. It's Tuesday, and I don't know what that means because I'm on the screen with you instead of Alex McCarthy, my brother from an Irish mother. You and me, we make a great team. We've had great debates. This is not debate day, but we got a lot to talk about. Raw, double or nothing. You're you're the news guy. You got plenty of news to discuss, so I'm glad to be here with all the elite good eggs. That's it, and we, we got the call-ins today as well, which we'll be diving into at around half past. I will put the link in, in the in the chat at about 22 to get you guys uh, to get in. But we haven't had a show since Double or Nothing. Alex and I didn't do one yesterday. If you want his thoughts on the show, you can check out Talk Wrestling over at TalkSport. Uh, but for you, um, what do you think of Double or Nothing, man? We Well, I haven't spoken to you anyway since, so I don't really know your thoughts. But why don't you tell myself and the fine listeners what you thought of the show. I thought it was easily a top five AEW pay-per-view. Um, the MVP of the entire show was that crowd. Uh, it was amazing. It was electric. And, you know, I know Ali and the guys watching it said it many of times, but watching the show so many times throughout the show, I was like, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. I wish I was there. I felt like Dorothy and Wizard of Oz, like clacking my my heels together, trying to get to Jacksonville in my mind. But yeah, it was just an electric show, some great matches. Uh, I mean, we can go in depth, talk about a little. I, I've done a couple of reviews. I was with Steph Chase over on her YouTube channel yesterday, reviewing the whole show. She even convinced me of some of the things I didn't I didn't like was okay and at least fun in that in that regard so that's a fun review to check out but i want to hear your thoughts as well sir um i liked it i thought it was probably best pay-per-view of the year without question um there are a few duds for me cody's match being one of them both the decision and the match itself it just you i tweeted my predictions on saturday i think yeah uh, and I tweeted Anthony Agogo to win. And you said, no, 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 you silly Brit, I think were your exact words. It's going to be Cody. And I was like, they can't. They're clearly very high on Anthony Agogo. They can't do this. But looking back on it, it was Memorial, or the day before Memorial Day. 
Am I really surprised that Cody, who was dressed as the American dream, won that match? Not really. Should he have won that match? Definitely not. And uh, yeah, uh, the rest of the show I thought was very good. Brit and Sheeta was great. Uh, Stadium Stampede I quite liked. I know a few people, it was a mixed reception. I really liked it. But for you, on this Cody issue, because a lot of people are turning on him now, he was for a period of time, the hottest babyface in wrestling, with the best babyface promos. Now a lot of people are turning on him. Uh, what do you think is the issue with Cody right now? Um, is it the booking? Is it the presentation? Is it the fact that I know a few people have said he seems to be booking himself to win over certain other people? I don't think it's that. But for you, what do you think is the issue with Cody right now? I think it's an overall lack of self-awareness from Cody Rhodes and it's kind of crazy because I thought he was one of the more self-aware wrestlers in the world two years ago but it seems like he has really gotten tone deaf not being in front of fans for so long and only having people around him that seem to be just telling him yes and this is good and you know the stuff that he you know the promo it all goes back to the promo was really like the turning point because I've had my my own turbulent relationship as far as Cody when everybody was fans of him in like 2017 2018 I was considered a Cody hater uh it was me it was mainly because I went to a ring of honor event when he was a part of the bullet club and I was in the front row and I tried to give him a two suite and he flipped me off and ever since then I I was like I was adamant not a Cody fan I hated on him I booed him out every building even when people around me were cheering him and then I went to all in and I was like in the second row when he was like leaving out and we had a, a little I was like I booed you out of every building but thank you for tonight he was like I appreciate you coming out and that was that that was like a turning point in our relationship but it seems that ever since the Brody feud I've kind of gone back to seeming more on the side of anti-Cody because it's really just not he's very tone deaf and even Brandy has kind of it's rubbed off on Brandy with her little tweet nice run uh internet but live crowds are back now Brandy, if you weren't listening to that matchup, they cheered Cody because he went back to the old kingdom theme. He didn't have that crappy Snoop Dogg theme anymore. And then the match, the hottest crowd that I've heard in over a year was dead. It was it was silent and he killed. He was like a bucket of cold water on one of the hottest crowds that I've heard in quite some time. And that is signs. I said it on Twitter. Those are signs to Cody that something isn't working. Something's not connecting. You come out in this. You say it's American dream. But for any fans of the boys, he looked like the Homelander, who is a, a, a heel basically in the show. He's not a baby face. He didn't come out as Captain America. He came out as the Homelander. So he is not even self-aware of how he's getting dressed. So it's just, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think it was a bad decision for him to beat Anthony Agogo because in an 11-minute matchup, I felt was too long in general. And yeah. in that 11-minute match, Ogogo looked good, but he showed signs that he's not ready. He, his yeah. selling was not there. he's just not ready to have that length of time with the matchup. So if a guy's not ready, I don't think he should be a star on the level of Cody. So I'm not upset with the outcome. I'm just upset with the length, even though it's not the 20, 30 minute triple H matches. It is very akin to triple H where he went five minutes too long. And I've said that many of time about triple H WrestleMania matches. So it's just, yeah, I I just think the main problem is he's just not self-aware anymore. 
I agree. And I, I was thinking about this. I don't think it's since the Brody stuff that any of Cody's stuff has hit for me. Nothing since the Brody stuff. And it, it's very un-AW like. AW is usually, like like you mentioned about Cody, AW is usually very self-aware and going, yeah. right, this isn't working. Let's go back to the drawing board. They did it multiple times with Dark Order. They did it originally with Hangman Page back at the first All yes. Out when he was pushed. And it feels weird to say, but no one really wanted him in that position originally. No. And we all kind of turned on him and AW went, all right, let, 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 let's go back to the drawing board and have a look at this and worked out for the best because Hangman Page and as was proved by his pop was one of the biggest baby faces at that show. Cody, the situation for me, it is a little bit self, uh, lack of self-awareness. And I've seen some people likening it to the Roman Reigns stuff. And I, I disagree. I don't think it is because Roman ultimately was never in a position of power in WWE. No. Roman isn't the one making the decisions. Cody is. And uh, yes, it is other people like Tony Khan and the Bucks. But for me, Cody is... He doesn't feel authentic. He doesn't feel organic. When Dusty was the American dream, and I wasn't watching at the time, but looking back on it and from what you hear, it was very authentic. He was someone people could believe in. I think with Cody, we don't believe in what, like, that he is a man of the people. I don't think he is symbolic of everyone, particularly in 2021. Um, America, I do think his promo was tone deaf completely. Uh, his focus group comments didn't really it sort of, I think that was poor because he made it sound like he was focusing it with a lot of people. But what he was basically doing was telling his wife and uh, some of the AW legends. Yeah, for me, it, it, Cody does have a bit of a problem at the moment where he's stuck in a rut. And uh, I want to talk about some potential solutions uh, for Cody before we move on to talking about Raw. Um, for me, I think he needs some time off. I really yeah. do. And I think, I don't know whether he's planning to take a paternity leave, but I think he should. Uh, Cody, what? Cody, I, I think, is a very, very valuable player in AEW. He is a top name. I don't think I will miss him on shows. And that's worrying. And I don't crazy. think if if Cody's not there on Dynamite on Friday night, I don't think anyone's going to be like, damn, that show really missed Cody. That is one, a testament to the booking of AW's other talent and how stacked their roster is. Okay, yeah. fair enough. You can, the rest of the roster can handle it. That That is one point. But another point is, I don't think Cody's done anything that's good that I'm going to be like, damn, I missed that guaranteed good to uh, Cody promo. Like with Roman now, if he's not on SmackDown, I know I'm going to miss half an hour's worth of good wrestling content. With Cody, I'm just going to go, what am I going to miss? Like, anything exciting? Not really. Um, so, for, so for me, yeah, I would give Cody a month off. Let him reset. Let the fans realize why they started to like Cody. But for you, man, any solutions for Cody? I've seen Hill turn thrown around. I've seen sort of joining with the elite or the super elite as they're now being donned. What do you think potentially uh, could be the solution for Cody Rhodes? Well, first I want to say that I, I think I said, you know, since the Brody feud, I know you definitely said since the Brody feud, but if we remember back to even then, he came back too soon from that, from the from the first loss. He came back really soon. 
uh, Brody's uh, reign, which was just getting momentum. Like he drew a million viewers against Dustin Rhodes in the main event of a dynamite. And then a couple of weeks later, Cody returns. It felt like that was too soon. And then going back even further, although there was a lot of success with the TNT championship, getting guys like Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks signed, having great matches with Mark Quinn and Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy, he didn't know what he wanted to be during that reign. He would come out as a babyface, be a heel during the matchup, and then after the match, he's back to being a babyface. Like, he couldn't decide. Yeah. I think the last time that Cody really hit on all cylinders was the MJF feud, and that's almost 18 months ago now. Like, yeah. like it's crazy to think about that. So my solution for Cody is more than a month off. He needs, like two three months off to kind of like absence makes the heart goes fonder and if he mm -hmm. comes back and he's got a new character not the american dream or not the leader of the nightmare family i think that you know the the reports on the elite having issues behind the scenes i always said you know i didn't really believe it that much because the report was more of what the person thought was going on more than what he yeah. was hearing was going on but i always said where there's smoke uh, where there is smoke, there's usually a fire. And yeah. what we're seeing on screen is that there's two different things going on. Like Kenny and the Young Bucks for a while, people were saying, oh, these are not the guys that we remember in New Japan and Ring of Honor. And now they're clicking on all solicitors. I feel like the Young Bucks are some of the best heels in the business today. Kenny Omega never has a bad match. He has great matches, including that three-way at Double or Nothing. The Elite is on fire right now, and Cody is so separate and so away from that. Where on the other hand, you know, Hangman is also away from that, but he's he's got like feel like the fire has been reignited after being in front of fans again so he is like the coldest guy even guys like my boys that do the ae recap they loved cody and they told me for a long time cody was the best member of the elite when they started reviewing aew on true hill heat they called it the cody federation because they were so in love with Cody. They were so big fans of Cody. And now they've completely turned on them. They said that they are not going to the Million Nightmare March. They don't believe in Cody Luther King Jr. X. And, you know, my, my kids are very happy that Cody created biracial babies, but we need Cody to be off of television for a while now. Like the weigh-in didn't work. This match didn't work. And nothing has really worked. I think the only thing that kind of slightly worked was the Shaq match. And Shaq outperformed him in my opinion. So it's like, it's very difficult for me to say, oh, he needs a month off and he comes back and everything will be back to normal. No, he needs two to three months off and a complete character revamp, a complete character change, something, something very, we need a very dramatic shift in Cody's character. Maybe that is turning heel, but being on his own or turning, turning on his brother, maybe, you know, turning, you know, going back to, to the well with him and him and Dustin may be something that can reignite, you know, momentum behind him. but something has to really change for Cody. And it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that this guy was the hottest baby face two years ago and where he's at now. I can't hear you. Are you on mute? No, I can't hear you. Is it just can me? You? Oh, now I hear you. Well, right. you're, you're, you're breaking up. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you now. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, as you said, 
He needs it. Something needs to change. I don't know what it is. I think we are getting a similar issue on Raw with Drew McIntyre, where gone from one of the most likable guys in wrestling, uh, naturally likable to someone you rooted for, to someone that we don't really want to see in the top picture anymore. Uh, I have more sympathy for Drew because it's not Drew booking the stuff at the end of the day. Drew is just being told what to do. So my issue isn't with Drew, it's with WWE's booking. Um, I hope with Drew things will change when fans get back because he does deserve that pop, and I hope fans will notice that and appreciate that. But for Drew, I'm seeing a thing where last night people weren't happy he won. He beat Kofi Kingston. People were upset, and I don't know whether that's because of Kofi or because it was Drew in that position. I think a mixture of the two. We have been to that world before with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, and I think people are kind of sick of it. I don't think people want to see them wrestle anymore. Um, For you, do you think there are similarities? Um, What do you think sort of about Drew McIntyre, his presentation recently, how he's been uh, sort of uh, perceived by fans and things like that? I think that a lot of the heat that uh, Drew got for winning last night has more to do with fans being, you know, behind Kofi more than, you know, you know, uh, getting tired of, of Drew. I mean, I've been under the understanding that I felt like Drew has become the UK John Cena in his booking, you know, the handicap match victories where he's dominant over two people. Uh, the the excessive, you know, title shots and being involved in the title picture, losing the title and getting it right back from Randy Orton when I felt like Randy Orton was on fire as a character. Yes, it gave us the Drew and Roman match, which was great, but I don't think that they really had a plan after that. They didn't really know where they were going and they kind of kind of fell backwards into the fact that you know bobby lashley was gaining momentum bobby lashley went six months without losing and he was the perfect person to you know move the title to i don't think we needed the miz having the title for two weeks to get to that but there was all different ways to do it but i feel like they've made a number of missteps with drew mcintyre and like you said that's more on the creative of wwe more than him So I don't think that the comparison is fair to compare, you know, Cody and Drew, because this is all of Cody's doing for the most part of the position that he's in and the things that he's done. And, you know, the factory, which probably could have gotten momentum and been something in AEW, maybe not a top heel faction because they will never catch up to the elite. They'll never, you know, never be as popular as a dark order or death triangle, but they could have been a solid mid card faction if cody would have done something like on that match with qt at blood and guts have anthony agogo cost him that match to set up their match at double or nothing give qt a win as the leader of that group it just feels like cody is just very adamant about he needs to keep his spot and that's why he's in the position that fans are viewing him as a triple h of aew as as a a a knockoff miz to some people with the reality show coming out yeah there's been a a bunch of really accurate comparisons to cody and i don't think drew mcintyre is that i feel that drew can get a good pop when he's in front of fans again i think that if you gave me like a top five superstars who 
need to be in front of fans the most, Drew would be right up there because Drew, although he's been great during the whole pandemic, that's the one thing that's been missing him. And he was just gaining that momentum before this whole pandemic started. He was just getting that response. I remember, you know, I'm in New York, but I wasn't able to go to that March uh, Barclay Center event where he gave the claymores to Brock Lesnar and held up the title. But he got one of the loudest pops of the night. And that was one of the last events before this whole pandemic started. So I feel that Drew can get back on on solid ground, but a lot of the heat that he got for last night's match, it has more to do with the love and adoration that people have for Kofi Kingston, me included, and the fact that the Drew <clears throat> the Drew Lashley well is kind of running dry at this point. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Sounds a bit like your voice running a bit yeah. dry there. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been working a lot lately, so my voice is like uh, on E. <laughs> <laughs> I... I do not blame you. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think it's a combination of the love for Kofi that people have seen, the Drew and uh, Bobby feud. But um, I want to touch on the PW Insider report, which is the titular news, as our good friend Alex McCarthy would always like us to say. Um, it's about WWE asking talent to do extra training. So I'll read the report here. Uh, WWE has been uh, begun informing members of the talent roster at yesterday's Monday Night Raw that they are expected to come into the Performance Center over the forthcoming weeks to take part in workouts in the ring to better prepare them for the company's official return to the road in July. PW Insider is told that the workouts could begin as early as next week, with talent taking part in drills and perhaps even matches in order to make sure their ring work is sharper. This is believed to be a Vincent Mann edict. The workouts would take place on days that talent aren't booked for TV. And speaking to some talent overnight, PW Insider was told by a number they are looking forward to getting back in the ring 
and uh, getting ring work back to normal after over a year of working just once a week. And that to the average person watching, there may not have been any notable changes, but among talent who know better from being inside the ring, there were quite a few who felt like their timing had been a little off for some time. Based on those PW Insider have spoken to, everyone on the roster from the top names on down will be asked to take part in the workouts. One talent joked that they weren't thrilled about having to roll around the ring on an off day, but that if this brought the company close to getting back to normal pre-pandemic touring and work, they were all for it. Um, I've seen a lot of, as you normally will with WWE negativity, people saying that these uh, talent do not need to go to um, a training and don't need it. For one, I think this is a great decision. Uh, I think it is more akin to like you, when you have an off-season of a sport and then you have the preseason where you're getting getting the fitness, getting the reps in to build back up to returning for the start of the season. This is what I see this as, just basically, as the report says, WWE wanting to prepare for getting back on the road. And you think there are so many people on the roster, Rhea Ripley, for example, um, even Bianca Belair, um, some people that have been called up to the main roster, like Jackson Riker lately. I know he's a difficult name for people to, to to hear, but just use him as an example of someone that has been called up lately. A lot of these people are missing out on not having house shows. A lot of people, and you speak to wrestlers, they will say, yeah, we really build up our chemistry with X by working on house shows. And I think a lot of the roster have missed that over the last year. In, in a lot of companies, I think it's affected private party quite badly. In AW, someone that hasn't made the progress we'd expected, probably because they just aren't being able to get those reps in. So for WWE, I think this is an absolutely fantastic decision, and that is obviously emphasized by the talent being quite happy with it. Uh, for you, SB3, uh, just while I put the link in the chat, if people want to call in at half past to get ready, um, what do you think about this report? And are you sort of sharing in my assessment that this is just kind of like a preseason and nothing to sort of worry about or to harp on WWE about, or have you got a bit of a different opinion? No, I feel like this is different from the uh, previous report that we heard months ago when they were just kind of picking on the the larger athletes of like Otis and Keith Lee when they had them go back to the PC. I think this is something totally different and something that I wish they did prior to being in empty arenas and the Thunderdome because I felt that it was like months and months of transition for a lot of performers, you know, even guys like the Street Profits who I love and I think that they are some of like the best performers for a live crowd. It took them a while to kind of get adjusted to being in the empty arena. They were still wrestling and, you know, playing to the crowd with no crowd being there. It was very strange, especially in the empty arena era for like a lot of the performers where they are wrestling for live crowds and there's no live crowds. And instead of, you know, wrestling for the camera, they weren't doing that for a while. So I wish they would have done the training camp prior to that point, but we didn't have that. So I think that is smart with the transition back to the live fans that they these guys get their reps in, you know, get more work. Guys like Dominic Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio has never performed in front of a live crowd. He wasn't on WrestleMania. So he's never performed in front of a live crowd. So someone like him desperately needs 
to get like training and learn how to perform for a live crowd when they get back out there. And I feel like the the first couple of shows are going to be very important because that's when the fans are going to have the most energy possible. Yes, they're going to be doing their 25 city tour and every night there are going to be fans that haven't been, you know, at a WWE event in well over a year. But I think over time with the creative have we seen with WWE, I think the enthusiasm will go lower and lower as we get through these 25 cities and they expand further for the rest of the year. So they need to make the most of these first couple of shows. And the the performers have been overcoming the bad creative and the bad television that we've seen, especially notably on Monday Night Raw. So I just think that it's very smart to do like a training camp before they get back on the road. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think that there is a there are no downsides to this. I think it, if talent talent told PW Insider, they're very happy with this news. So if that is the case, then who are we to tell to say no? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I'm very much a fan of this. I think it's a good decision for all parties, really, um, to to get those reps in for WWE, maybe to to have a better look at talent, see what's working, who's not working, and um, uh, who is working. But yeah, I think, as you said, guys like Dominic Mysterio, he was someone I missed off, will really benefit from this time. Um, but yeah, like you, very much in favour of this. Um, in terms of, and I, I was watching this, I was saying this during, uh, all, uh, during Double or Nothing while you were uh, just talking about live shows there. I can't wait to get back to a live show. I know you said that the enthusiasm will die off. I think as you get to the different cities, like it's still going to be their first show. Yeah. Like, yes, I think AW, it's worn off because they've been in Jacksonville since the beginning of the year, but running shows since the beginning of last year, really, but running shows with fans there for like nearly a year now. For W for WWE, they're going to be going to different states all over the all over the shop. So I think that people's um, excitement will still be there. I think you will still have people excited to tune into these shows, uh, excited to watch these shows. I think the first show back with fans is going to be probably the most watched show of the year. Uh, that that SmackDown show, I think, definitely if they're promoting big names like John Cena, Edge, Sasha Banks, and the like, I think you'll have a huge Huge swell of people tuning in the show, um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure about it dying off. Uh, but yeah, in terms of double or nothing, I was saying, yeah, I want to be there at the show. Even so much so, I'm thinking after this podcast ends, I might go and book a hotel for Chicago in 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 the summer. I'm really tempted. I'm really really tempted to book it. I, I just when we were talking about the pay per view, and I know we were talking about Cody Rhodes and the issues that was going on there. So I don't want people to think that um, uh, we're being negative about the show or, or anything like that. Not at all. We were we were both very high on the show. Just the Cody Rose thing was a problem. And I was so jealous of people at that show that I really wanted to go. So you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to book the hotel after this. You should. I was at All Out 2019. I, I don't know if I'll be making the trip because, of you know, I do have my one-year-old. I got to be I got to be Papa. Bring them. Papa SP3, and I don't think they're ready for AEW and WWE live events just yet, just yet. But 
I don't know if you saw Louis, but if you saw the L out commercial, your boy SP3 was in I the commercial. It. So, so, I so, so I, I am, I am one of the faces of the fans of AEW, and I'm proud of that. I was proud to be there with my guy, drunk guy JJ from True Hill Heat. I did see that. I was actually going to message you about it, but I, I, <laughs> I actually fell asleep really early during the show. So I watched it the next day, and it was early your time. I was like, I'll message him when he's up. I completely forgot. But yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, before we get to the call-ins, which we'll be doing right now, I do just want to touch on this report from PW Insider. So I think it's worth covering. We covered a lot of Adnan Burke and his issues with commentary and really struggling to get a hold of it. But I think it is worth us showing some love to Jimmy Smith, who did an absolutely fantastic job last night. What I would say, as a fan, it didn't feel like his first day in the in the hot seat, which is all you all you really want. So... um. Russell Vogt said the raw production people I've spoken to were absolutely thrilled with Jimmy Smith's performance last night. Tremendous and natural fit were two comments concerning his debut. So, yeah, to to all involved uh, in terms of WWE's picking of Jimmy Smith and Jimmy Smith himself, Corey Graves and Byron Saxton as well, who really helped him in that role, I felt were more vocal last night. Absolute kudos to you all. And after that Adnan Burke slip-up, I think WWE needed this to to land and it did uh just before we get into the call-ins man quickly thoughts on jimmy smith last night his performance what you thought about him as a commentator and maybe uh yeah not really yeah i mean he sounded like he was very comfortable and he sounded like he's been there before so yeah. those are things that we didn't really say about adnan Verk. you know i was willing to give him more of a chance i feel like six weeks is not a great testament to what he was able to contribute so you know I don't know what happened. We'll, we'll probably learn more as the months goes by. But Jimmy Smith felt more comfortable than Adnan Berg did in those six weeks in day one. So I think it was smart to kind of give Corey Graves the lead position and make Jimmy more of like he was more color than play by play, in my opinion. Like him talking about how Shayna Baszler was working over Reginald's knee. I felt like that was the highlight of his entire performance. But he felt very comfortable. But it, it did feel a lot of times like he was just playing that what a wrestling announcer would sound like kind of kind of role and in wwe that makes you feel like you are right at home and you're right with everybody else i felt like uh raw raw was a mixed bag a very mixed bag i felt like the main event was great with uh kofi and drew mcintyre they went out there and had a tremendous performance between those two guys it's a very good main event matchup I felt like Randy Orton and Xavier Woods had a good matchup early on in the show, and I love the chemistry between Orton and Riddle. Riddle just seems like he's having genuine fun with this whole story, and I love how they're making this more of a slow burn. But on the other hand, everything with the Raw Women's Division, throw it in the bin. Throw it in the goddamn bin. I don't want to see it. I don't. I am. I am completely done with this. When Reginald and Lily the Puppet is the two most over people in this entire women's division and your Raw Women's Championship matchup, both of them have lost, quote-unquote, to Nikki Cross, where Nikki Cross has gotten less than 30 seconds of offense in four minutes of matches between the two ladies, and she's running out here celebrating like she just won the number one contendership or just won the Raw Women's Championship. 
it's it's just it's just irritating to watch. Like I, I I have refused to watch Raw live on Mondays because the NBA playoffs is on. I much rather prefer that, even though the fans there are kind of out of control. But that's a whole nother story. But I rather watch that than three hours of Raw live. I rather watch it the morning after. But even watching the morning after, by the time we got to Reginald defeating Shayna Baszler, I was like, why am I watching this? Do I really want to keep watching this? And do I want to keep doing this on True Hill Heat? After the last True Hill Heat, we had special guests Stephanie Chase and Benno and my my co-hosts Chrissy Love and Top Guy JJ. All four of them turned off their cameras as I was talking about Monday Night Raw because they don't have nothing to do with me even telling about the highlights or I guess I should say highlights of Monday Night Raw. So I expect the same thing to happen this coming week on True Hill Heat as well. Raw at the moment is in a rut. It's in a, it's in a big rut. I think, I don't know what's wrong because there is so much wrong. There is so little right. And it is basically RK bro and the main event scene, which kind of has its own issues too. Yes. For me, there's a lot of issues. RK bro just being the best thing and is actually carrying the show. Uh, but guys, it is all now down to you, whether it's an old chat, which you can get in on uh, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily if you don't want to show your face and don't want us don't want to join us on this call but if you do we are here now with the call-in part of this show let me just get the graphic up here we go and i am going to call on first he is first in the in the docket i'm going to go for app and app man how are you how you doing doing pretty decently how are you guys very good very very good What's on your mind? I know you're a big New Japan fan, so before you come in with your question, give us the quick thoughts on the WWE New Japan working relationship reports. Because if you're like any other New Japan fan that I speak to or that I follow, you were probably pretty worried when you saw these reports. I mean, like, honestly, I didn't really believe it, right? Because whenever WWE does anything, there's always an ulterior motive, right? And just from the way Nick Khan's doing things, I feel like three, like two to three years from now, he's going to be the guy who sells WWE to NBC Universal. I, see I think I think people are listen. Triple H is obviously one of the most powerful people in WWE, but Nick Khan's influence is swarming Triple H's right now. Oh, Nick yeah. Khan just seems to be getting everything he wants through. Whether it's the Peacock deal, whether it's this, whether it's <laughs> anything really. Nick Khan is really influential. But someone else I do want to mention, Daniel Bryan. Hmm. I think he's really important in these deals. PW Insider corroborated. I know there are some conflicting reports. Dave Meltzer said that WWE wants to be the exclusive US partner to New Japan. But PW Insider said these reports were solely, uh, said these talks were solely about Daniel Bryan working with New Japan. Um, for you, man, as, as again, a New Japan fan, you must be really excited about the prospect of if these reports in terms of a working relationship aren't true. Just Daniel Bryan coming over to work a few shows. So do you think that is more likely than, I guess, the working exclusive relationship that Dave Meltzer has been talking about? I mean, like as much as I, as much as I would love it and I want to believe it, I don't think so. Because if they allow it for Daniel Bryan, right, then they'll have to allow it for someone else. And I don't think they want to set that precedent. Okay, yeah. Like, it reminds me of, it's not the exact same thing, but when, for example, Brody Lee asked for his release, right? Back when he was still Luke Harper, and they denied it to him. 
say he got it, then they would have to give it for everyone who just publicly puts it on Twitter or whatever, yeah. right? So I don't think they would do it. But like New Japan, it's been bad recently. Like it's been pretty bad, especially even especially ever since Evil won the title. Honestly, it's just all yeah. gone downhill. And then like the last thing I honestly watched was the Jay White uh, Kota Ibushi match. Then I just stuck to AEW. But I actually wanted to talk to you guys about Cody Rhodes. Go Hot on, topic. Shoot. <laughs> See, I like I used to love Cody. Like, I didn't get it at first. Like I always thought, how is this guy a babyface? Because, I mean, he's, I don't want to say he's, like, privileged or anything like that, because I don't know him personally. But just from seeing, like, just from the information that we know, like, he's the son of a famous wrestler. He grew, he grew up surrounded by wrestling. And he's yeah. a guy who, like, flaunts his wealth in a way. Like, he yeah. has a whole big entrance, always wears the nicest suits and all that, right? Yeah. So, I feel like he would actually fit in very well with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Mm, okay. I quite like, like that. Because, I mean, I remember I saw your tweet. You said that you didn't really understand, like, the Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page act. I feel like they're just missing something, right? So, a heel Cody Rhodes and those and those three basically, like, doing what people think that Cody's already doing, right? So, putting it, so basically being, like, Triple H or Jeff Jarrett or whatever. So, if those three actually start doing that as part of a storyline. So, for example, say there's, like, a match between two people that everyone likes, Darby Allin and Jungle Boy. But then Cody Ro- but then uh, at the last minute the match gets cancelled because Paige and Sky attack Darby and Jungle Boy. And then they just take over that spot with a 20 minute promo. Just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would actually make Cody Rhodes a perfect heel. Because he is I, a heel. I think he works better as a heel. But in saying that he was such over babyface. And yeah. in terms of the Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page thing, what do I think putting Ethan Page right into a tag team? was a mistake because people are always going to compare it to the North. Mm-hmm. And for me, this team isn't as good as the North. That is what's missing for me. It's yeah. Josh Alexander. Uh, but for you, SV3, thoughts on that? Would you be interested in seeing that little, like, three-man faction? AEW does something with faction. Trios titles have been teased. I know personally that Cody was very high on Ethan Page and one of the big factors in getting Ethan Page to AEW. So, I mean, it works on that sense. Uh, Cody has had his history with Scorpio Sky in the TNT title uh, match they had last summer. So, do you think this could work? I mean, that's a very good idea to talk about what he first said about being a New Japan fan. You all know I'm a big New Japan fan myself. I put it out there on the True Hill he, uh, Twitter that this would this deal with WWE would cap off an 18-month odyssey of bad business and booking decisions by New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know everybody wants to be optimistic and positive. Oh, yeah. WWE is going to be looking out for the biggest promotion in Japan. They just want to be, you know, partners with somebody. Why is it good for WWE and not AE? And, not, and, and it's, it's good for AEW, but not for WWE. Ah, oh, crap. We, we have 30 years of evidence 
sentence that says that this would always be bad for New Japan, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say that. That's just the truth. As far as your idea, that's a great idea, actually, putting Cody with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I agree with, with Louie. It's always going to bring that comparison to the North when they are by themselves as a team. I thought that they really had a great performance in their tag team yeah. match against Darby and Sting. Yeah, Scorpio Sky uh, really impressed me because I didn't think much of him as a heel. I always thought that he's a very exciting baby face. So this heel turn has not, I've not really got behind, but he was a great heel in bumping out there for his hero. And Ethan Page went full Bam Bam Bigelow on Spike Dudley's Darby Allen during that match, which was great. And I thought that the act for the first time, it felt right. And putting them with Cody, I think would, elevate them even further and it kind of puts into my mind that you know i said earlier maybe going back to the dustin rivalry would be good for cody but cody turning on sting i think that would be great for him especially with sting having all this momentum behind him after that great performance at double or nothing so i like where you're going and if they go still after sting and darby allen that works because cody can say his whole downfall with the fans started with him losing the title to darby allen all those months ago they even teased yeah. that, right? Like when Sting first came in, he like he basically he basically said a good job, buddy, or something to Cody. I forgot exactly what yes. the line was. Yeah, yeah. He said he basically told him like, "Oh, it's cool. You you want to be associated with me, but I'm worried about that guy in the rafters. That's the guy yeah. that I want to I want to be with. I don't want to really be with you, even though you're. I know I'm your favorite wrestler. So he kind of brushed Cody to the side, and Cody's been, you know in the wind as a big bucket of cold water on hot crowds ever since then. He's just been really boring. Like, because Cody's the one guy he was never going. I'm so sorry for interrupting you. That's all right. No, no, no. Uh, He's just been so boring recently. Like, because Cody's the one guy, he he could always either cut a promo, have a match. He was always different because, I mean, AEW, it's a very indie promotion still, like in the way they wrestle, right? But Cody's matches, they were always different, but in a good way. Now it's just now it's they all feel like training matches more so if that makes sense. For yeah. me, the issue with Cody is he feels like he wants to do his stuff even if it doesn't fit the tone of the show. That's mm-hmm. not not necessarily a bad thing, as you said. His stuff is different, which is good. But now it feels like, as I said, it's inauthentic. Like he, yeah. for me, this Anthony and Gogo thing was pitched purely so Cody could come out as the American dream. I think that it was shoehorned in. To work that way and i think that's like cody doing what he wants to do harping back to more of the sort of wcw and 80s wrestling great you need variety on your wrestling shows and that is perfect but when it comes and it doesn't feel authentic i think that's when you have a problem and for me cody right now and the big issue is he doesn't feel authentic yeah. uh Ab, thank you so much for coming on the show Hopefully, when WWE and New Japan announce their working relationship, we will get you on the show another time, and you can, uh, you, you, you can you can cry us all to sleep. But, man, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thank you, brother. And I see two moderators in the back end, actually. One who I believe, let me just check. Let me just check. Hold up, hold up, hold up. This moderator is actually working right now on the Wrestling Daily. <laughs> Uh, Ultra Chats, which you can all get in at Wrestling Daily. Wrestling, uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. It is Cyclone. How are you doing? Hey. Oopsie doopsie, you caught me working. What do I do? I did. <laughs> I did. How are you? How are you? I'm all right. How are you both? Doing good. well. I'm doing good. Doing well. Doing sweet, well. sweet. Talk to us. 
double or nothing. Uh, cool. Well, I'm going to start by saying Roar is absolute sugar honey iced tea. So uh, that, that'll do with it that. Is. Um, it is. So I've got, I've got a couple of things. One of them's fun. One of them's a bit more serious for the show. Um, we now have Chris Jericho, Big Show, Christian, Mark Henry, and Sting in AEW. And there are reports saying that Mark might wrestle again. Who? Who would you have him wrestle? Hmm. Oh, I do want to say quickly before we touch on this, so I'll give SV3 a little bit of time to think about it. I think Mark Henry is one of the best signings AEW has made. Absolutely um, agree. Yeah. He, for those that don't know, he found Bianca Belair. He found hmm. Braun Strowman. He found Jade Cargill. The guy clearly has an eye for talent. And in the press release that AEW sent out, they mentioned he will be a scout. So for AEW, not only in terms of what he can do on screen, I think what he can do behind the scenes as a well-respected member of the locker room, as an African-American guy as well, I think gives great diversity, someone that people can look up to. And as also, as a scout, he is invaluable. So for me, I think he's an absolutely fantastic signing. But for, for matches... I don't know. SV3, have you got anyone jumping out? Because I think I'm going to need a little bit of time to think about it. The first person that jumped into my mind was Wardlow. I felt like Wardlow needs to take out every every other big man in AEW and be the hoss of AEW. And him beating the world's strongest, world's strongest man would be a notch in his, his belt, would create his whole legacy. So Wardlow is the top guy that I would say. I'm going to go for, along that vein, but Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm, I think that's a great one. That could be a great sort of, uh, I don't want to say mirroring, but I think in terms of being a big guy in wrestling, the, the singlet, they look kind of similar. Yeah. I think it would be a great passing of the torch moment. Powerhouse Hobbs just dominates him from minute one. Yeah, for me, I think that is... Both two very good options. But for you, anyone that you've got that you want to see him face? My, you, you brought up the question. Have you have you got anyone that you're thinking, yeah, definitely them? Because of how cocky he is, I would really like to see a kind of an homage to Daniel Bryan. I'd like to see him go against MJF and just have him stand up to him. I just think that would be okay. hilarious. The amount of stuff that MJF and Mark Henry could do together, I think would be absolutely brilliant. Because MJF is that, it, I'm a big strong guy. I can talk out my ass and make myself seem really strong. But and I know then he could have Wardlow come in. I don't know. I just I really like the idea of MJF going against him. Something about it. I mean, we both went for the we we both went for the big guys, but going for the little guy in that juxtaposition works quite well. And I think I'm, if you're going to have I anyone that idea, having MJF, I, I think. Idea would be perfect uh but go on you had another more serious question i oh, know that um, that was a serious question this is a okay. fun one okay okay What's... i only In... said that because this one was quite fun as well so oh, I'm oh, well, okay two... there you go um too fun what is out of all of wrestling uh, you know new japan AEW, wwe what is the best looking finisher in your guys opinion right now because i think nothing beats the bookshop it is incredible obviously hangman page is probably like I'm a stupid mark for Hangman. He's just incredible. What a question. That is a great question. What is It's not a finisher. 
But one of the moves I love the most is the chiropractor from Dakota Kai, Ooh. which is basically mm-hmm. her sunset flip powerbomb just onto her knees. I always think that looks good. But I will go for a finisher. I, I know it's boring. I know it is the, the – well, the finish is not boring, but this is the boring answer because everyone says it. But I don't think you can beat the Eclipse. I, I don't think you can. I just think it's mm. so good. It's a top yeah. rope stunner. Like, what's not to love? Um, I think she hits it very well. You can get some really good sells there. I think back to Mickey James, she probably had the best sell of the Eclipse I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, I would have to go for the Eclipse. I would say Will Ospreay Stormbreaker. I just love it. I, I just sometimes I don't think he's able to do it on certain people, and then he does. I just I just love how it's 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 crazy, and I, it's a maneuver I never would have thought of myself. So that's why I like it. What about you? Uh, it's it's the bookshop. I'm a monk. Oh, you mentioned him. you mentioned the bookshop. Yeah. yeah. I do I, think I, that I, the worst I, one is the kill switch, though. He needs to change that. Chris, I quite like the I, kill switch. I love the kill switch. I love it's the kill just, switch. It looks like kid wrestling, and then he just drops him, and then, like, well, what's that supposed to do, man? What does that do for you? What else is a good finisher or a bad finisher? Actually, you know, what's the worst finisher? Let's go for that as well. The worst finisher? Mm. Yeah. Someone, or, or as, as you said, some, some, something that needs to be changed. Starship Pain, please. Yeah, oh, that's man. pretty bad. Crying out loud, that is yeah, terrible. It's that's awful. pretty bad. Um, there was one actually I had the other day that I I remember tweeting they could do with changing their finisher. I, I was, I was, the one that came to my mind is Braun Strowman's running power slam. I feel like you know he's more of a throwback type of wrestler, so I understand him using it, but it never feels like it should finish anybody, even though he's so big. What else can he do though? <laughs> A power bomb. I would prefer a power bomb or a choke. This is the one I feel the safest with him doing. I feel like you know what might not be the most visually impressive. At least it's safe. Um, I mean, we have some. Yeah, Starship Pain is the worst. Starship Pain, Braun's running power slam. We have a few, a few in agreement with this. I just need um, to mention as well. All of chat went crazy for Black Mass as a good-looking one. I agree. Yeah, I think it is good. It can come out of nowhere. I do like that very much. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for coming on the show. Two very good questions. Two very, very fun good. questions. I was expecting the serious one. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting it's, something. It's uh, more about like the inner workings of wrestling rather than like I'm what's the good looking finisher, you know. <laughs> Both very good questions. Welcome very back good. on the show anytime. And thank you very much for your great work. Whenever we have a moderator on, we thank like you. to show them some love. Very so thank good. you very much for your awesome work. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go to now a man who is wearing a Manchester United shirt. So I automatically Ooh. have to dislike him. But Ooh. I'll get him on the show anyway. <laughs> I would say take the top off, but that would get us demonetized. And I don't really want that. And I think that would sound quite bad taken out of context. So, yeah. <laughs> how are you? I'm here by yourself. Not bad. Not bad. I've seen the England team. Trent's in the England team. I'm happy. I'm very happy. I saw, I saw the England team as well. There's a few... Trent was one of these... Was a player for it. Could have been 50-50, but we're here to speak about wrestling, not about football. We are. We are, indeed. I, I saw the viewers absolutely plummet as soon as I started talking about football. Um, but they didn't, actually. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, that, that stayed for the for the very brief, albeit fun, football chat. 
Uh, yeah, so any questions regarding wrestling then? Anything you want to bring up? Double or nothing? Raw? Or anything generally? Well, I would speak about double or nothing, but I will leave my co-host of Last Man Standing, Mr. Trent Woodward, if he does get on tonight to discuss that, because he does have quite a lot to say about that show, and but that's okay. just because he lost his championship. Ooh. Ooh. Shots fired. Mm. I'm not saying <laughs> against who, but it's not me. But my Ooh. question is tonight, out with WWE, so Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, all the rest of them, who has the best entrance music? And you can't agree, and you can't disagree. We all know it's Jericho. My, my mind did go to Jericho. My mind really did go to Jericho. My mind didn't. My my new favorite after seeing that entrance on Sunday is Wild Thing. Uh, Moxley, Moxley, and King Moxley being the crazy maniac yeah. Charlie Sheen in in Major League with Eddie Kingston being this hype man. I got chills during that entrance, and I was just like, "Why didn't everyone think of this entrance as a theme song years ago?" It was just great. And there's a couple of more that I would put ahead of of Judas now. Like I would put Jungle Boy, Tarzan Boy uh, ahead of them now. So. The reason I didn't go for those two was because, like, you ask nine out of ten people, they're going to be like, yeah, that's not the wrestling song. That's the, like, more famous song from elsewhere. So I don't see them as, like, entrance music. So I get why. And, yes, the question was best wrestling entrance music, so they work. But for me, like, they're not – and I know that this is coming from a Judas song that is just part of Judas – it's from a Fuzzy song, sorry (laughs) – that is uh, on their album and is, it wasn't just made specifically for wrestling. But for me, I, an entrance music enhances the performer. And for me, no entrance music enhances a performer more than Chris Jericho. People have been quite down on Chris Jericho over the last year, whether it be for stuff he's done in wrestling, but more for stuff that we've heard outside of wrestling and some of maybe his takes. But regardless of what happens, Whenever he comes out, the fans are going absolutely crazy for Judas. And I think there is something to be said for that. It's a, well, hey, it was the same in the 90s. Look what Sandman did with Metallica. Yeah. It's like, it's still, it's like, as soon as, well, hey, look what happened at um, WrestleMania weekend a few years ago for the... For one of the, I can't remember if it's, I can't remember what show it was, but Marty DeRosa was doing commentary. Sandman comes in and the place gets absolute, well, can I swear? Uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking, why not? Fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, entrance music, I think, is one of the most like underappreciated things in wrestling. It's so important to mm. performers. And yeah, but for me, Judas just is, it's just, I, 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 that was one of the moments I got quite jealous of watching Double or Nothing, was wanting to be there to sing that song. And you know what? I've been very critical of Jericho in terms of his stuff, both in and outside of the ring over the last year. But I still popped huge uh, for seeing Judas. And you know what? I didn't really think about it, about anything else in wrestling. There has been time with Jericho over the last probably the last six to 12 months that has been that has been one of two things that's been slightly controversial in the the whole just slightly in the whole pandemic thing is not really it's been slightly marmite shall we say 
Agreed. Right. Thank you very much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Next time, if you come on with a Man United shirt, I just won't let you on. Um, it will probably be the Alex. <laughs> I'm a big Liverpool fan. We're very good. We, we are. We're, we're back next year. But right, enough football chat before people do leave for good this time. And I have to get him in. It is John. It is Mr. Rattlescope. Hey. How are you doing? Hey, hey guys. SP3, I cannot believe that you are actually still awake and still going after everything that you did last week, man. I am so freaking impressed. You Thank and you. Steph both. Um, hey, I, I don't want to bring us on a down note here, but I got to talk about Shayna Baszler and just the way she's being treated. What can we do to get her WWE release, get her away from this crap booking that she has and get her into AEW so she can have stellar matches with people like Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. And can you imagine Shayna Baszler and Layla Hirsch? Can you imagine a match between those two? We need to get her out of there because who did she piss off in WWE? Quite honestly, you know, who, who's, whose Cheerios did she take a dump in in the locker room that she's been given so much crap? Should we just tell her to start a Twitch? Yes. <laughs> I'd subscribe right away. I'll be subscriber number one because I think she'd be awesome on Twitch. She would be. She, yeah. She's very good on up, up, down, down. But yeah, for me, there are issues with Shayna Baszler in, in WWE, her booking, undeniably. But when you talk about dream matches, I think there are more dream matches for her in WWE. If you look at Bianca Belair, you look at Sasha Banks, you look at Becky Lynch, you look at, again, you look at Charlotte Flair even, you look at Bailey, you look at... It's just so many names. You go back down to NXT, Asuka, you have Io Shirai. There are so many names that I want to see Shayna Baszler wrestle with. It is, do we get to see that in WWE? For me, I don't think we do. Shayna Baszler is 40. I think WWE just see her. Unfortunately for her, she isn't the prototypical women's wrestler that WWE mm -hmm. likes in terms of her appearance, her yeah. age. I think that will always hamper her. I'm not going to say that's explicitly the reason because it's not like WWE does great booking with all the women and she is the only one that's booked badly. The booking is just crap overall. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you that we, something needs to be done with Shayna Baszler. I just so, don't know what it is. So do we need to have her dye her hair blonde? What, will it start there? Because look, we had the match last night. You know, we, we had... You know, Lana and Mandy and Dana, and, you know, we had Charlotte out there again. You know, it, it seems like anybody that is not the prototypical blonde-haired woman, uh, with the exception of maybe a Rhea Ripley, it, and even Rhea Ripley is getting booked like garbage right now. Look what they're doing with Nikki Cross. My yeah. God, you know, it, she is such a talent. And, hey, I can beat her in two minutes. Oh, I can beat her in one minute. Throw her against Reginald. Come on. This is, it's getting absurd. Really I, I know what the life raft is going to be for Shayna Baszler because, you know, you named a whole bunch of dream matches for her in AEW. Louie named a whole bunch of dream matches for her in WWE. But there's one dream match that I want to see. Yes, I am talking about the Jackie Robinson of the women's division, the one, the only, <laughs> Rowdy 
Ronda Rousey. That's uh, the only way you save Shayna Baszler at this point is Ronda Rousey returns and we get either a two horsewomen type of them running roughshod and winning the, the women's tag team titles and saving that division or they feud against each other. Either way, I think that's the only way you save Shayna Baszler. And I'm a huge Shayna Baszler fan. If you guys have watched True Hill, he, she wished me happy birthday last year. And it seems like ever since she wished me happy birthday, her career has went downhill. I'm sorry. Shana. Maybe that's what she did. To yes, someone. that's I'm it. Sorry. You're the jinx. It's the ethnic jinx. <laughs> the ethnic She's jinx. been teamed with a Samoan. She wished you happy birthday. It's the ethnic jinx. Oh, maybe, man. You might maybe, be right. Maybe as the Asian Pacific Island representative here of Wrestling Daily, maybe I need to reach out to her and I can turn that around and we could get her on a main event run. And maybe for WrestleMania next year, we get the Ronda Rousey. Shayna Baszler match that we should have had all along to unify the SmackDown and the Raw Women's Championships. Hey, I'm all for anything involving Ronda Rousey. <laughs> and to be fair, she was already connected to someone that's ethnic because Ronda is part African American. That's why I I don't I don't mean to remind people. I did tell you she guys. is. Yes, I did. I, she was the first ever African American woman to be in the main event of WrestleMania. I'm sorry, Bianca and Sasha. But yes, yeah, she is part, her her great her grandmother or great grandmother is African American. So sorry, I did not know that. I, I wasn't aware that. either. But John, thank you very much for coming on the show and getting Thanks, us to guys. end on such a sour note with Bianca. <laughs> um, I do want to get out of here. Don't, I actually don't want to get out of here. I'm quite enjoying myself. But um, we do have to get out of here relatively soon because it has already hit nine o'clock over here in the UK. Uh, so, guys, if you didn't get to come on tonight's show, apologies. But, again, I will write your names down and I will make sure that you are all first on for next week's show. Um, thank you very much, everyone, that has joined us today uh, on Wrestling Daily. Before we do finish, I have an ultra chat to get to, which comes from Projection2K. He says, hi, guys. Hope you're all having a great day. Uh, also, do you think Christian is the next challenger for the AW World Championship? Or do you think they will pull the trigger on Hangman. Um, I think, I mean, Jungle Boy, we know because he won the Casino Battle Royal. Yeah. So that's your smart ass answer. But your actual answer, I don't think Hangman right now. I think, yes, he did pick up a big pay per view win, but I don't think now is the right time. Although, all out like three. Like two years on from his big, from when he wasn't there, him winning the title would be a great moment. I think Christian All Out is the right choice for me. You want that big match. You've had enough time with Christian where he just came in and people are like, don't put him in the world title scene. But people have enjoyed his work. They're seeing that he's going to wrestle regularly on Dynamite. I think Christian for All Out is the smart choice. You want that to be like a big show, first pay per view in an arena. For me, Christian should be the man. How about you? Um, I can realistically see Hangman getting a shot at All Out, you know, like you said, two years from the, the first ever AEW World Championship match, or full gear, one year, one full year since his loss to Omega in the number Which one would you prefer? Um, I mean, like I said, there's any of the three next pay-per-views, All Out, Full Gear, Revolution, Revolution. would be two years from the, the six-star classic against the Young Bucks. So each of them have their own story, but I do kind of see the Christian, you know, getting a shot at All Out. Me, honestly, I thought Christian was going to win the Casino Battle Royal because I Me much too. prefer Christian getting a shot on television than on pay-per-view. 
that's just me. I'm a huge Christian fan, but I feel like the, the there is a majority of the AEW fans that are still against him and still going to, you know, like we heard at Double or Nothing, they booed him because they preferred Jungle Boy to win that match over him. So I just feel like he's a better TV opponent for Omega than a pay-per-view. So I could realistically see Hangman getting a shot at any of the next three major pay-per-views. And I think, again, like you said, there is so much history written into it, regardless of the show, whether it is um, uh, Revolution with the tag match, whether it's Full Gear with the, their singles match, whether it's All Out for Hangman, specifically uh, three years since his, uh, over two years, two years since his uh, big loss. Uh, but yeah, listen, all three great options. For me, for the Christian one, why I picked pay-per-view, I think that can sell a pay-per-view. You can sell a pay-per-view on Kenny Omega and Christian. Yes, yeah. you can also on Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page, but I think that's almost too big of a match to put on TV. But AEW has shown, and we're getting these four pay-per-view, these four specials or whatever they're calling them, these TV specials uh, on fight and on, uh, or oh, sorry, these, uh, they're, they're, not, they're not on TV, but they are on TV. They're not Dynamite specials. Yeah, uh, that are like the special shows you could have that on one of them. Yeah, I think that Christian will be one of the next in line to face I Hangman, uh, to face Kenny Omega, whether that is the, uh, at the pay per view or on TV or on one of these specials remains to be seen. Um, let me just have a quick scan of the ultra chats, make sure we have none left to get to before we head out of here. We do not. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us on today's special edition of Wrestling Daily. Very much enjoy any show that I get to do with SV3. We had a lot to cover today with Double or Nothing. and I, Yeah, very much looking forward to talking about a show and being positive. That's why you wonder we spoke about Double or Nothing more than we did about Raw. That's probably why. Because talking about Raw, it's just a bit depressing. But uh, SB3 uh, will be back tomorrow, so you are not done with your weekly fix of uh, Mr. True Hill Heat himself. He will be here with Alex McCarthy tomorrow in the usual Wednesday night slot. Then we have on Thursday, Alex and Stephanie Chase. And on Friday, we have Alex and NXT UK commentator Andy Shepard, which should be three very, very illustrious guests coming up. Uh, very much looking forward to you all getting to tune into those shows. Um, in the meantime, make sure you're liking this video, subscribing. I don't think you guys understand just how much that helps us. You might think, I'm watching anyway. What's the point of liking? Honestly, that is probably the best thing you can do for a YouTube channel like this. We are close to 15K. We're hoping to get there soon. So if you can uh, help us out with a, with a like, a subscribe if you're not, sharing it around, that would be massively appreciated. Uh, guys, yeah, thank you very much for checking out the show and we will see you all tomorrow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 